Hey everyone and welcome to Livingston First Church. We're so glad you're joining us today. We really hope you're ready to hear a great message from the Word of God. So prepare your hearts, prepare your ears, and get ready to receive a blessing from the Lord. Be blessed. Thank you, John. Love you, man. Do I need this or this? Here, I'd rather have this. There we go. Yeah. Then I know what to do with my hands. Um, yeah, it is great to be here. Um, I, um, I got to share at Shiloh this morning as well, which I always love. Um, but it's great to see everybody, and I just love coming here. And, and you know, I don't think anybody knew we were coming, except for John West, because I almost gave him a heart attack yesterday. Um, <laughs> he's going to probably talk the whole service like that. He's a little upset at me. Um, but uh, it's just great to walk in a room and see people get excited to see you and get excited to see people. Like, it's just amazing to me the, the bond that has been created in so many of the people in this room with uh, our family and, um, and it's great to see people that um, I've not seen in a while and people that, um, that I talk to but don't get to see their face, how much better it is to, to see somebody in person uh, than just talking on the phone. Um, so everything's going great in Michigan. I figured I'd give a little bit of an update. It's uh, going well. Um, it is church, so we've had some things happen, but God is such an amazing God and, um, you know, he knows everything that's going on, and he is not surprised by anything. He is not surprised at all by anything that happens, no matter hard or difficult it is. He is God no matter what happens. He is on the throne, and he is not shaken by anything that goes on in our world. Like, it is amazing to see that and to see him work uh, in people's lives, in my life, in my family's life, uh, and, and sometimes in the most unlikely situations. Um, so I'm going to uh, read first. I have several verses to read. But the first one that I'm going to read is something that uh, if you all are reading the Life Journal, we would have read like middle of January. It's in uh, Luke 12, verses 49 uh, through 51. I love that uh, no matter how many times we read things, new things pop up or things that we're going through in our life. I was going through kind of a particularly hard time middle of January with some things and I read this one day and it just popped off the page. And, um, and I was also reading another book as well that really brought these two things together uh, for me. So Luke 12, 49 through 51. Jesus, I thank you that you are the word. Lord, I thank you that uh, we get the opportunity as often as we want to read your word, to have you speak to us, that you create a, a new, uh, in new things in our lives that we've never seen before, no matter how many times uh, we've read your word, that it is always fresh. 
So I just pray that it be fresh to us this morning, that it would be uh, a new word to all of us. Even though I've already spoke about it uh, at Shiloh, I pray that it's a new thing for me whenever I read it this time as well, God. That every time we read your word, it's new to us, God. That it does something new in our hearts, that it further transforms our minds and our lives to look more like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So, verse 49, Luke 12, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. I have a terrible baptism ahead of me, and I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I have come to divide people against each other. And then it goes into how that division will happen. And so I read that and I was like, you know, all, all, everything that we do, we talk about in church, everything is that Jesus came to unify us, right? As, as believers, we, he came so that we would be unified. Well, the thing that it doesn't say is whether he's talking about believers or unbelievers or what. But in looking at church and the world, period, whenever we think about um, unity. I, I was reading uh, this book called Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. It's really small. I thought it was an easy read. Um, I would encourage anybody in church to read that book. It's not a hard read. It was, you know, it's a very small, but it still took me like two weeks because I read it super slow and really just got everything that I could get out of it. And in part of it, it talks about unity. And in reading that and then reading this and knowing what was going on around me, I realized that so often in our lives, in church and out of church both, that it doesn't matter one way or the other, we have a very false sense of what unity truly is. Like in relationship, so often our relationships are based off of worldly things or standards of we have the same type of personality, we like the same things, we work together, um, we go to church together, uh, we're in the same socioeconomic status. All of those things so often in our world is what unites people, right? Does anybody disagree with that? I don't think so. I mean, that's just the way that it is. We are around people because things like that unite where we're at. And so we, we become united in likeness of worldly things rather than likeness of who Jesus is. And so whenever things happen, we then form our own opinions about things, how things should be, or we have our own idea of how things should be. And whenever we're in relationship with somebody that's united out of likeness, and my opinion doesn't agree with theirs, what happens to the relationship? There's a division in the relationship. And so we don't have this real true relationship in that um, type of situation. And so if Jesus isn't what binds us together as people, at some point we're going to disagree about something and no longer have a relationship. That Jesus has to be what is in between each of us and our relationship because if he's what connects us, then no matter what happens in the world or what my opinion is, 
that relationship doesn't get torn apart. Because when that happens, relationship is the most important thing, not what my opinion is. And so uh, I was, I was kind of walking through some of this, and I realized that, you know what, me and Dino could be great friends for years and years, and if our friendship was based on something that we had shared together in a worldly sense, that relationship's probably not going to last. I, I thought back whenever I thought about that is, how many people that I went to high school with because we played the same sports or we did the same things after school or whatever, do I still talk to? Zero. Because we no longer do the same things. Our lives are completely different now. But then I think about people that I, since I have uh, been walking with the Lord for the amount of time I have, people that I've encountered that we have zero in common worldly, like uh, a guy that I talk to on a very regular basis, uh, we literally would have zero in common if you stuck us two together in the same room in uh, a restaurant. Like, nothing in common. He's got money. I do not. Um, he's good looking. I'm better looking. Um, um, you know, he has this uh, really great job that financially is great. I'm a pastor. For all of you that don't know this, that's not that great of a financial decision. Um, but what combines us and what makes our relationship so strong was we united together because he needed something that Jesus had to offer. And I was the person that was put in front of him. And I was willing to say, sure, I'll, I'll pray with you and I'll talk to you about these things. And so we have this unity, this bond that has zero to do with what we do in our lives other than what Jesus has done in our lives. And so these encounters that we have, if we think about relationship, which in our lives and in church, that should trump anything that happens. It doesn't really matter what color the carpet is or what we do or any of that, because if there's not relationships, you're not going to have any of that anyway. And so if we build our relationships around what Jesus has done and continues to do in our lives and the people that we meet, if our first encounter with somebody has Jesus in it somehow, those relationships last. They don't get torn apart. I told him I was going to use him in, a, in a, an example, and I'm going to. Nick Robb's here, which blesses my heart. Um, but I met Nick Robb on a mission trip in Brazil. Had never met him before. And if you don't know him, be careful. Um, he, is, he is an amazing guy, but he's a, he's a, a veteran. I've never been anything like that. He, he, the things that he's experienced in life and does did not mesh with me at all. But in Brazil, we would sit up until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and talk. But it was because we both had things in our life that we needed Jesus to intervene in. And that's why we sat up every night and talked and got in trouble. Because, you know, you would have thought it was like a teenage lock-in or something for us. Uh, who needs sleep? But we have an amazing relationship now 
but it's because it was built with Jesus as part of it. It had nothing to do with the things that we had in common or anything. Like, he's from Iowa. Who could have anything in common with him? Um, and so I, I just had this huge revelation in reading that, that when Jesus came to separate, to, to, to divide relationships that we have based on worldly things that we've experienced or do and relationships that we have based on him. And that the only thing that lasts in this world is Jesus. Everything else will fade away and be gone someday, but he will remain forever. So whenever he is the glue that holds something together, it never goes away. Um, Isaiah 48.10 is a verse that, while I was with Rick Bonfin Ministries, got me through that year. It says, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. So who in here feels like they're going through a hard time in their life right now? I hope everybody's head's shaking yes, because I don't care where you're at in your life. You're going through a hard time because we are people that live in this world, but are, are not of this world. And that in itself creates things that, we're go, that, that makes it hard to just go from day to day. And so we feel this pressure. We feel this heat. Jesus said, I came to set the world on fire. So if we don't feel heat, then there's probably something wrong. If we don't feel like we're going through something that is hurting and burning us, then we're probably not walking exactly the way that God's asking us to walk. Because that fire continues to be renewed in our hearts. And the fire in our heart, if it's burning hotter than the things that are going on that's burning on the outside, we can move through those things with relative ease, knowing that Jesus is the thing that keeps us moving. Like that it isn't the things pressing on us on the outside. And in that, I, I'm a nerd, kind of. I've I got a biology degree, so I have to be somewhat of a nerd. Um, so James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life God has promised to those who love him. So we're going to receive something because we endure all of the things that this world throws at us. Well, in thinking about God came to set the world on fire and that, if, that we have to patiently endure testing and temptation and, and just thinking about heat and pressure, I just popped in my mind, does anyone know how a diamond is formed? It's one of the most phenomenal things in science to me that you can uh, have evidence of happening that, so I'm just going to read this, how a diamond is formed. Hundreds of miles uh, deep in the earth, a layer separates our hospitable exterior from the molten core, which is known as the mantle. And in the mantle, that's where diamonds are formed. And in that place, temperatures boil above 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. 
and the pressure exceeds 725,000 pounds per square inch. So to give you uh, like a gauge of that, the pressure would be like 50,000 times the pressure you feel on your body right now. So it would just disintegrate your bones. <laughs> okay? But this is the amazing thing. The extreme heat and pressure combined. So if you feel like you're walking through something that is extremely hard, you feel the heat and you feel the pressure, I'm about to read you what can happen. Those things combined actually modify graphite. So the, it's a, 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 an atomic uh, a substance or a... Yeah, I can't even think of what it's called now. Anyway, it, it modifies it on its atomic level. So it essentially changes it all the way down to the most finite level that it's created of. This restructuring graphite's molecular composition, so it restructures it from a hexagonal flat sheet pattern to a triangular shape that results in a 3D diamond, an actual something you can hold that has substance to it. Okay, so it takes something that has no substance and gives it substance with the heat and pressure combined. And so I started thinking, man, like, Instead of saying, God, why am I going through this? Why do I feel like the world's crashing in on me? Why is things so hard? Why can't I have a break? We should probably say, God, make it hotter and make more pressure. Because on the other side, I know what it's going to look like. I'm coming from nothing and God's making something. And our entire lives are like that. And I realized... Well, whenever I get through this fire, you know what's on the other side of it? Another fire. Whenever we get through this issue, there's just another issue waiting. And we have this choice that we get to make that I can follow God and allow the heat and the pressure to create something far more beautiful than a diamond. Or I can just listen to the world and wallow in whatever I'm going through and... Just let, let, let the world crash in on me continually and never allow God to do something amazing in my life. I tell my kids this all the time. I used to tell my students this all the time. Our lives, from the time that we get to start choosing what we do, is just a series of choices. That's it. Right? We wake up every day and we're presented with a series of choices. And every one of those choices is up to me to make. You can't make the choice for me. And I can't make the choice for you. And so no matter what it feels like, we can either make a choice that's going after what God has for our life and allowing Jesus to be the influence that we have, or we can make the choice to allow the world to influence us and go in the direction that they're going. It's completely up to us. The thing is, whenever we start making the choice to say, okay, God, I want to follow what you're doing, and I want you to lead me in the direction I need to go, things have to be different, right? Things have to happen. One of the huge things that I've seen in my life happen is that whenever I do that, I ask God, well, show me people, because our life, that's what it should be about, is other people, right? We should just... Everything in our life should be us being transformed to look more like Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He was about people. That's it. 
He was about relationship with people. And so it should be us asking God, open my eyes to see the opportunities that you give me just on a daily basis. Because almost every day there's an opportunity like that. I got a story that happened last week. Nick, you're not a part of it, so don't worry, okay? You can stop sweating now. Um, I had left the church, and it was late. I don't know. We had a meeting or something at the church. It was like 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Late to leave the church. It wasn't late, late. But, um, and the dollar store is just right down the road. Ember had a, um, a Valentine's party the very next day, and we had the cards, but Amanda wanted... Uh, heard to put Play-Doh with each of the cards for the kids at her daycare. So she said, you need to go get 16 things of Play-Doh. And I was like, okay, I can do that. So I drove to the dollar store and got out. And as I'm walking in, I walk by this guy, like just rummaging through his passenger seat of his car. I didn't think nothing about it. Marijuana is legal there, by the way, so some weird things happen. Um, and so I walk in and go find the, the Play-Doh. And so I got the Play-Doh, and my boys are both into Hot Wheels cars right now, and so it's like the cheapest toy alive. Like, you, you can buy anywhere, a dollar. They can play with it forever. That was a side note. Buy your kids Hot Wheels. Um, no, I don't own stake in them. Um, and so I get the Play-Doh and the Hot Wheels, and I'm walking up to the counter, and a guy... The guy that was in the car going through his passenger seat walks in. And he's like, hey, man. And I said, yeah. He said, you give me a hand after you check out? And I was like, sure, what do you need? It's like super cold. So I was hoping he didn't want me to like change a tire or something. Um, and he was like, I lost my cell phone in my car and I can't find it. Will you call it for me? And I was like, sure, that's, that's easy enough to do. I'll just call your phone and you can find it. So I go up there to check out and he walks over. And the very first thing he says to me is, man, I am high as F. And I was like, that's not good. And he was like, why, you a cop? And I said, no, I, I'm not a cop. And he was like, well, it's legal. And I was like, I'm not sure the shape you're in is legal. And he was like, you sure you're not a cop? And I was like, no, I'm a pastor. And he said, well, that's probably worse. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, no, it's, it's okay. No judgment here. You, it's your life. Um, and so... I put the stuff up there to check out, and he was like, you like Play-Doh? <laughs> I was like, it's for my daughter. And he was like, oh, okay. And he just pulled his debit card out and paid for my stuff. And so I was like, oh, that's awesome. Got my stuff paid for. All I got to do is call a phone number. It's pretty easy. And so we walk outside, and he gives me his phone number. I put it in my phone. I call, and I was like, it went to voicemail. And he was like, oh, man. So he sat down in his car, and he moved one T-shirt that was in his passenger seat and his cell phone was sitting right there. And so automatically I thought, okay, he really didn't need me to call his cell phone. And so I said, well, what was the number again? So I put the number in so I'd actually have his phone number because I dialed it wrong. It was a six and not a nine. Um, I called it and it rang. And then I said, could I pray for you? And he was like, you want to pray for me after what happened in there? And I was like, yeah, I don't care what happened in there. And he was like, yeah, I would like for you to pray for me. So he grabbed my hand and I started praying for him. And I looked at him and he's just weeping like crazy. And, and I said, 
is there anything specific that I need to pray for? And he said, no, you've already, you've already done enough. You've got to get out of here. I, I can't take this. You know, and so I was like, okay. I mean, I felt okay with what I had prayed. And so I got in my truck and backed out and left. And I noticed that he was going like the same direction as me. And, you know, I get like maybe a mile and a half down the road and my phone goes off. Well, I didn't realize. I called him. He also has my phone number now. Um, and he had sent me an audio message and he said, man, I don't know why you were at the dollar store, but I know that God spoke through you to me. And then he said, he asked me where the church was again. And I told him and he said, well, I'll see you one Sunday. So he hadn't showed up yet, but I'm still hoping he does. Cause I still, I've sent him several messages, just encouraging him that, you know what? God does not really care about what our past is at all. He doesn't. Like our past is back there and we don't have eyes back there for a reason. Like he wants us to move forward with our lives and what we do. Um, last verse here. 2 Corinthians 4. 8 through 10. I didn't read that already, did I? I don't think I did. Okay. Uh, it says, everybody knows this. You don't even have to look it up. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. I'm going to say that again. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Though Through suffering... Our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. So often we feel like suffering and things that happen are bad. But the more suffering, the more things that happen, just reveal who Jesus is more. Like we don't need to, to run from things. We just need to embrace whatever is thrown at us and say, God, you be revealed more in my life because of this. I don't think in the fire and pressure that we feel, I don't think it's if we will come out more like Jesus. It's just when. How long is it going to last? You know, I know that there's probably people in here that are, are saying, I feel like I've been in the same struggle for years and years and years, and it's not changed. I don't want to come out of this and know that there's another struggle on the other side. But you do. Because if you knew that life... You hear the kids? That's amazing. Hey, be quiet out there! Um... That's amazing that to know that God is good enough that whatever we're going through, he's walking with us through that. And to know that when we get through it, he doesn't just leave us on the other side. Whenever another struggle comes up, when another issue comes up, all that, all that, to me, all that that does is show me that he's still walking with me because I can go through something else. I'm not left alone. It doesn't matter how bad it gets, how low we feel we are. He's in that lowness with us. And as soon as we know that he's there and we recognize 
That's when the, the transformation can start happening in our lives. And we can start coming out of whatever it is. Even knowing that there's something else that's going to come up. If we know that the only thing that's constant in this world, that's ever been constant in this world, is with us, then it's easy to face the next thing. Is it easy in the middle of it? No, but knowing that we have the person that can help us go through it makes it all worth the trouble that we go through. If you knew that everything that you would ever face in life you were going to face one way or the other, wouldn't it be better to say, no, I, I want to choose to take the king of the universe with me to face it? Like, it's a no-brainer to me. So I'm going to read one other thing that I had heard that week that I read this. Uh, I had heard somebody uh, say this uh, because I truly believe that... Um, and I've had it said over me, I know, John, uh, that, that there is this um, apostolic leadership on this church, um, on your pastor, it was on Craig, and it's going to continue to move with this church. And that it said that the apostolic always builds on the coming, or builds for the coming generation. The goal isn't quick growth, but longevity. Apostolic leadership is often annoyingly patient because they know that instant gratification can lead to sorrows. Delayed gratification is often for our benefit. If there is something that we have a desire for, sometimes Jesus will allow us to have to wait on it until he becomes our only desire. And so no matter what, we feel, no matter what we're going through, if our focus is on Him and not the situation, if our focus is on relationship and not our opinions or our feelings, then God is going to do like some incredibly amazing things that we could never think or imagine on our own. But whenever we get so stuck on everything but relationship and on what's going on in our lives, more than what Jesus is doing and has planned for us to do, then it, it's just all about me and not about him or other people. And that's always a danger that we get to that I think about a, a lot is, am I making a decision that's good for me or am I making a decision that's best for everybody else? And so often, I don't know if John will agree, as a pastor, the decisions that we make are probably the worst for us and cause us the most grief. But if it's what's best for everybody that's sitting in here, and if it's what's best for the kingdom, then I'm okay with being looked at like a fool or anything like that. Because this life isn't about me. Right? So, John, you want me to close or you want to close it? Okay. So, I just feel like that if there's anybody that if you feel like, uh, like I just can't take what's going on in my life, but Jesus is here. Like, the reason that we come together 
is to, I, I truly believe, is to build unity based on Jesus and not anything else. And so if you're in here and you feel like, you know, what I'm going through, nobody else can understand. I assure you there's somebody, and they could be sitting right next to you, that will understand. Because that's just how God works. Nobody understands you, Nick. Um, and so I really think that, that if you feel like there's just too much pressure, too much heat, or you don't want to go through the next thing, you just need to invite Jesus to be a part of your journey that you're on. You know what? We can be saved and go to heaven, but Jesus still not really be a huge part of our journey. Like, I truly believe we have to ask him, God, walk with me through this. Like, let me know that you're here in this with me. The, the mess that I'm in, I want you in with me. And I want to know that you're in it with me. I don't want to walk this alone. And you know what the most amazing thing is, is that whenever we ask him into that, that, in, in my, what I've experienced, always brings people that are willing to walk in that with me as well. And so we have to be willing to allow people to do that at the same time. So if you're here and you feel like that, I'm sure we have people that will pray for you. Um, or find somebody next to you and ask them to pray for you. Like uh, nobody has any more capability or power than anybody else in this room. Okay, so Jesus is the same in me as is in the same in Boone and Amy and even Nick. Okay. So just find somebody and say, hey, I need you to pray for me. And if that's uncomfortable for you, hallelujah. It is for me too. Okay, so I'm going to close us. But I encourage you, don't leave this building if you feel like I need God to do something in my life. I need people to be there for me. I need people to do something in my, in my life. I need that. Don't leave without that. Okay, and if you need to come up here, uh, I'll pray for you, Dino, Craig, Tina, somebody will come pray for you. Okay, so Jesus, I just worship you for who you are, that you would choose a person like me, people like us to love, to die for, to bleed for. Lord, I just pray that you would, would, Holy Spirit, that you would speak something to our hearts this morning, a truth maybe that we've never heard, a love that we've never felt, a grace that we've never experienced, that would give us the desire to want to follow you even more, even more. That our lives would be a living sacrifice for you, Jesus. And that we would know that all of the things that we go through just reveal you more. That no matter what the, the circumstances that are happening in our life or have happened in our life, they can result in you being known more. And so I just pray, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would fresh uh, fall fresh on all of our hearts 
on all of our minds, that you would transform us to be more like you, Jesus. That we would desire nothing else in our life. That nothing else is more important than you, Jesus. That nothing else we could desire would be more than you, Jesus. So we love you. We worship your holy name. In Jesus' name. The altar. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that the Holy Spirit truly ministered to you through this message from the Word of God. If you'd like to know more, look us up at livingstonfirstchurch.com or follow us on social media. And we look forward to seeing you in person soon.